Welcome to Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast, hosted by Sarah Wegman and Audra Emerson. At Her Next Play, our mission is to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. Sports build powerful leadership skills, and female athletes have enormous leadership and career potential. In our Power Chat Podcast, we talk to inspiring women leaders about sports, leadership, and careers. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sarah Wegman, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guests today, Callie Simpkins and Libby Jandel, to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. Callie and Libby, you both have had stellar soccer careers from a very young age. We're both stars in high school and then at Duke. Your determination on the field is matched by your academic and career success. You became teammates at Duke, both pursued summer internships in the finance industry in New York City, and both successfully landed fantastic jobs in finance after college. And now you both work at Royal Canadian Bank, Callie as a leveraged finance sales director, and Libby as an equity derivative sales vice president. I love your story because it shows that you can perform at the highest levels of sports and still lay the foundation for career success. And I think it's such a great example of being great teammates and pushing each other on and off the field. Callie and Libby, welcome to the Power Chat Podcast. Great. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much for having us. Um, So if I take myself back to that junior year, um, I got to say a lot of pursuing an internship started with Libby. Um, I had explored the markets uh you know since i was a senior in high school actually it was like 2009 feels like another lifetime ago um when when i turned 18 um somehow had the wherewithal uh to ask my dad to help me open a fidelity account um because i was of age and at the same time the us was going through a pretty dire economic crisis. And, um, you know, neither one of my parents are involved in finance, but I know that he had talked about the market and had been invested here and there um, when I was growing up. And so that spurred an interest in the markets for me. When I started at Duke my freshman year, I got injured and I had more time um, to, to sort of explore other things, which is when I really started trying to explore all that Duke had to offer and, and came across the Duke Investment Club. And that's when I got more interested in the markets, but it was more of a personal interest. I, I actually never knew that Wall Street existed um, until my sophomore junior year talking to Libby. Um, you know, she and, and she can tell you more about about her story, but she has an older sister who had gone through the finance recruiting process and landed a job in New York City and she was thriving in New York City. And was giving uh, advice to Libby about you know the different career paths that that she could take um, if she had an interest in finance, and Libby was sharing that with me, knowing that I had a personal interest in finance. So I really would have never probably known to pursue these like pretty concrete steps to take to secure an internship if you know Libby wasn't my teammate and that if we weren't friends because she was helping guide me via, you know, the guidance that she was getting. Um, and so we really just went through the whole process together. It's a pretty formal process at Duke, um, for how to secure an internship on wall street, or at least it was. Um, so, you know, that, that sort of was its whole separate thing. Once we got plugged into the career center and we had expressed interest in, in, um, securing one of these summer internships, but it really, started with chatting with Libby. 
I love that. Sometimes I think it's just, you know, finding and knowing the right people that open your eyes to different possibilities and opportunities. So Libby, can you tell us a little bit about, it sounds like you had a role model in your sister, but was there an interest in finance before that or kind of what made you interested in it? Yeah, absolutely. So it initially started from my mentality in life that originated from my Duke soccer experience. And then it further narrowed from my sister's advice that I can also share. Um, so I'm from Kansas City. Um, I wasn't on any college coaches radar for soccer. Um, definitely not the on the Duke women's soccer um, coaches radar. However, Duke was definitely my dream school for in a great academic fit. Um, and similarly, both my sisters went to Duke. So they have really been an influence in my entire life each step of the way. Um, so I spent two years calling the Duke soccer coach um, to basically recruit myself onto the team. Um, and he never said no, so I kept calling him. And he ultimately gave me a spot on the team as a walk-on. Um, so I was thrilled and excited um, to prove him wrong as he had said that I would likely never step foot on the field. Um, so the long story short is that I actually started starting halfway through my freshman year and ended um, in the record books for um, most games played. Um, and I'm only telling this story because it might sound cliche, but I truly um, have been a changed person ever since then. Um, it really taught me to dream big. It taught me to believe myself when all the odds are stacked against me. And it also really um, makes me love challenges in life. So, you know, I went from maybe like one of the worst people on the team um, on day one to one of the most impactful players. Um, and so similarly, <laughs> I had zero background in finance. Um, growing up in Kansas City, not a lot of people um, are in sales and trading, so you don't get exposure to Wall Street. Um, I chose um, to major in psychology, so I didn't have a strong technical background in finance either. Um, but when it got to the time to decide um, summer internships and what ways I wanted to go in my career, um, like Callie mentioned, my sister was talking to me about what it would make sense, what would make sense um, in terms of an area within finance. And given that we're athletes, there's a lot of athletes on the trading floor and you can't really teach the intangibles of the fast paced nature of the trading floor and the competitive environment. Um, that was enough to get me in the door and to start exploring. And so Callie and I started going to every single um, networking event that was on campus and really just trying to learn as much as we could. We also scheduled um, meetings with the head of the econ department to help her teach us. Um, most people, especially at Duke, start preparing for their internships on day one, but because we had a huge commitment of soccer, um, we were a little bit behind. Um, and through our hustle and tenacity, we made it work. So I would say that it started off as an exploratory situation. And then the, inter the summer internship process really made me realize that this was a career that I definitely wanted um, to pursue. I love that. Okay, so I read that before you two, no Duke women's soccer player had ever done a summer internship. 
Now, is that any summer internship or like a summer, a competitive summer internship in, on Wall Street? I just thought that was incredible given how many or how important internships have become. So Callie, what do you think gave you the confidence that you could pull off balancing, you know, a really intense summer internship with the intense training that you had to pursue given your athletic goals? So to answer the first question about if a Duke women's soccer player had ever done an internship, I certainly did not know of one that had ever done a summer internship before Libby and I went for this internship. And maybe there were some informal things and some shadowing that people had done. Um, but I can't remember any one of our teammates when we were younger um, ahead of us talking about doing an internship or encouraging us to do an internship. Um, which is kind of crazy to think about now because I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, it's on the radar for all of these players now to, to start thinking about that. Um, so when I think about what gave me the confidence to do it, I remember, you know, I actually had been recruited in a way like kind of soft offers to, to take one of these internships in New York, my sophomore summer. And I, I had done a couple of these small stints, um, in these like one or two day boot camps in New York that some of the banks would put on um, and kept in touch with some of the, of the professionals at the banks. And they were encouraging me to do one sophomore year and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, I'm, I'm going home, I'm training. You know, all I cared about was getting fit and, and playing soccer. Um, and then like junior year was crunch time that if you wanted to get a job after college in one of these positions, you, I mean, 98% or something of the jobs are secured in the junior summer internship. And it, you know, looking back on it, it wasn't ever a thing of confidence. I think, you know, and it, it might start almost sounding cliche to say, but I knew that if like Libby was going to be there with me and we were going to do it together and we were going to be committed to the job and to try and I knew that was going to be my whole life that we would figure out a way to do it. Um, you know, it's funny to say like my dad was actually like not very happy with me for choosing, uh, to, to take an internship at New York at Goldman. I was pursuing an offer or pursuing an opportunity, let's say, um, to do like a sports marketing internship with Nike at an Oregon at the same time, just like still trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but the, the chance to go to New York and pursue a finance job that I had been very interested in, you know, since I was a senior in, in high school, I was very interested in finance, very interested in the markets. And also knowing that my teammates would be there, particularly Libby. And we have another teammate who did a, a stint that summer um, at, a, at a Duke in New York program who was a sophomore, uh, Laura Weinberg. So we, the three of us hired a trainer. We were playing for the New York Athletic Club. Club, and we just made a commitment to each other that, you know, soccer was going to be our number one priority and being fit and being prepared for the season was going to be our number one priority. And um, it's pretty crazy to think that a 12 to 14 hour sales and trading job was a second priority, but that's still how I see it to this day. That's amazing that you pulled that off. I'm curious, what was your coach supportive? Did you have any discussions with your coach about how you were going to pull off, you know, balancing training or 
Yeah, so one um, like quick fact along those lines, um, showing that no one really had done it before us and also incorporating our coaches mentality to it as well. Um, I was the first person to not come to preseason on time. So our internship overlapped with the start of our preseason. And so we had to make a decision whether we leave our internship early or we get to preseason late. And I found a happy medium. So I left, I did both. I left the internship a little early, but also came three days late to uh, to preseason. And our coach was unbelievable. He um, didn't hold it against me. It really didn't impact me. I would say I had pretty much established my position on the team at that point. Um, But he understands that we have a life beyond soccer, but we also are one of the top 10 teams in the nation. So you, you, it's not like we get a ton of slack. Yeah, absolutely. You're performing at the highest levels in both your athletic career and your internship. Callie, did you have something to add? I, I remember someone at, who was a VP, I think at the time at Goldman, when I told him I was leaving the internship two weeks early to go back to preseason he said I was making the biggest mistake of my life, said that I was crazy, that, you know, people would kill for this job. And I I think that in some ways, having something that I cared about so much, like I care, I really, really cared about Goldman and I really, really cared about the internship and I really, really cared about my career. And I think the only thing at that point that I cared about more was Duke soccer Coming back my senior year, I was one of the senior captains in the team. We had just lost in the national championship the year before. We were bringing back most of our starters. And the only thing I think I could have possibly cared about more was like my teammates and our senior season. Um, So I think in a way, too, that brought like a levity and an escape from the intensity of the internship uh, and, you know, my teammates and Libby and Laura who were there with me in New York had so much to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good thing you didn't listen to him, (laughs) right? Because you were able to go back and be successful in both. Libby, can you talk a little bit about how Callie pushed you as you went through that competitive internship search process and just some of the benefits of having each other as you went through both landing your internships and completing them? Because I know it's such an intense experience. Yeah, absolutely. So starting with the networking and trying to secure the internship, um, it is a very steep learning curve. And so very nice to have someone go through it with and it's you're very vulnerable too because all these other hardcore Duke students know everything and have known it for a long time. So to have someone to ask those safe questions to and help learn and grow um, was huge. Um, also, you know, simple things when you're 20 years old about not knowing what to say or to wear at a networking event is just huge to be able to bounce ideas off of. Um, people. And so also had Callie for that. Um, And then a fun fact about Callie is she's probably the best interviewer in the world. So that was one thing that really, really sticks out. And then in terms of like the actual internship, um, I mean, it was the summer internship was a grind, but I would say the transitions like the year after 
we graduated and started full-time was an even bigger grind. Um, and I think that it really comes down to, we had a such super close knit um, Duke soccer program. We had mentors across the program. Our coaches were like second parents and our teammates were like second sisters. And so it's just a very different dynamic um, from the teamwork at a corporate job. Um, it was a very, very stark contrast. And I thought it was a very hard year um, in general. And Callie's one of the few people who understood. She had also experienced the stark contrast. And so one, she was just able to be like, we were able to be support system for each other. Um, and then two, I thought it was super inspiring um, to see her continue to grind it out and to continue to outwork her peers. I thought it was also a, a sort of like a sanity check to see, okay, so someone else is continuing to grind it out and you know knows that it's worth it in the long run. Callie, did you have anything to add? Sanity or insanity check, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> no, absolutely. So I did my summer internship in business school at Merrill Lynch and I was doing the HR leadership development program there. So it was manageable, but my friends from business school that were doing banking and other finance internships, I mean, it was insane. I, I would see them in the snack bar in the office and they had the same outfit that they were wearing the day before because they had never gone home. And I, I for me, I walked away. I was like, well, that sounds absolutely miserable and I'm in the right place because there's no way I want to do that. But um, I did think, I did think it's interesting that they didn't have, I think sometimes summer internships, like some industries give you like a best case scenario. And I'm like, oh no, banking like really didn't like shows you what it's like. And you can decide, you know, if you're in or, in or out. But Libby, did you have something to add? When you experience the ups and downs of a top 10 um, college soccer program in the country, you form a forever bond and a forever trust. And it's rare to find, and it's especially rare to find in this career. So it's really, um, reassuring to now be a teammate of Callie's again, because you just don't come across those people in your career all the time. And it's really nice to have someone that will have your back no matter what. Absolutely. Okay. And I just have to ask, I keep hearing you guys talk about, you know, how much you supported each other in your careers. Like, were you awesome on the field together? Like, I just, I want to see you guys play. Were you passing and setting people up for goals, <laughs> Callie? So, Libby was amazing on the field. I, I spent most of my career probably cheering her on from the bench, um, but we had a, we had a great run together. I think Libby and I spent countless, countless, countless hours <laughs> um, uh, going to breakfast, lunch, dinner, talking about the team dynamics and the importance of culture and who needed an uplift that day, that week, like who you know, was riding high and that we needed to keep that momentum going, you know, who do we need to check in with? Who should we go to dinner with? Um, and so I think that Libby was my main teammate that I would go to for like, Hey, what's the pulse on the team? Who needs motivation? Who's struggling? Uh, who do we need to like keep riding high because they're scoring a ton of goals for us and they are, or they're making great stops for us and we, we, we need them. And, um, we were constantly analyzing the state of the team and the next opportunity and how to get the most out of our teammates. Um, and she was like, definitely my go-to person for that. 
I love it. And I can totally picture that after talking to you guys. So Callie, on those lines, I wanted to talk a little bit. It's a good link. I mean, it sounds like from some of the articles about you guys that your summer internships impacted the Duke women's soccer team in a longer term way. It sounds like you have some teammates that have joined you in New York and maybe, you know, your success at being able to pursue that competitive internship and do that successfully has um, been kind of a role model for others. So can you talk a little bit about how your experience has helped kind of future generations of Duke soccer players? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was going through the process initially and when Libby and I were going through it, you never think of yourself as like a pioneer in some way of like, oh, I'm, I'm blazing this trail for, for all these other people. But, you know, once you do it and you're in it and you're working um, and, you know, this quote keeps coming back in my mind, I actually went to high school with um, the Seeger brothers. And if anyone's a baseball fan, they, they might know Kyle uh, is playing for the Mariners. His youngest brother, Corey, um, is playing for the Dodgers. And I remember reading at some point somewhere that Kyle had given his younger brother some advice when he got drafted into the minor leagues. And he said, treat every step of the minor leagues like it's the major leagues. And, you know, this kind of goes back to Libby's point about the, the sanity or insanity of continuing to, to go through the grind of, of the sales and trading uh, roles, especially when you're young in the business. And, you know, when you're in it, you're just thinking like, treat this like the major leagues, like, Go give it your all, give it your all. Opportunities will open up if you treat your immediate opportunity, um, you know, like it's like it's the major league. And I think that I've sort of been so busy doing that. And also, you know, getting you know, Duke will ask us to come speak on panels and we stay in, in touch with Robbie Church, who's, who's the head coach, to, to talk to the girls who are still at the program. And we would go back for reunions. And then it's sort of like next thing you know, you look up you're eight years in the business, you're a senior person on the desk, and you've got 20 Duke soccer players that are in the city working because you did it first nine years ago. And so it's never something that I really stop and think about until, you know, these moments where I'm directly asked the question. Um, but, but now when you, you know, reflecting on it, something I'm really, really proud of. Um, and I think that New York City is a great place to, to start your career. It's a great place to be. There's so much energy. And when you have that many people around you that you know, love and support you, I imagine it's even greater. And, you know, I say that I know it's greater now because we have those girls, but, you know, if we were young, if we could go back and be young and have 15 of our older teammates uh, there to help us, I think it would have been a much easier path, but um, we're, we're not really here and we didn't really sign up for an easy path. So, um, I'm just happy that we could help and, and start this trend for, uh, the, the generations below us. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I think I feel like I hear a lot of times about those kind of, like, it's almost like you've built a pipeline from the Duke soccer team to wall street. And I think I see that on the men's side a lot more. And so it's really cool to see women athletes building that and having success in some of those male dominated industries. So I'd love to ask you Libby, 
um, you know, what's interesting is we just see a lot of women athletes like doing well in male dominated industries. And I think there's something about that sports background that really helps you perform in that environment. But what has been your experience working in a male dominated environment? And what are some skills that you think from your sports background that may have helped you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that one, I'm the youngest of four children. And then two, I've always been playing in sports and on when I was growing up, I was even on some uh, male soccer and basketball teams as well. Um, and so I've never really like noticed that I work in a male dominated industry. Um, I think that, you know, my toughness and grit ability um, to get knocked down and get back up um, has always been one of my biggest strengths. I feel like, you know, anytime in this job, um, that I've had setbacks, I get back up stronger. Um, and, you know, now that I'm doing well and in a great place and, you know, with a great bank and a great manager and a great client list, um, it's still hard, like sales and trading there. I feel like you go to battle every day and, you know, you're, you're fielding client requests, you're, handling trades all while uh, managing a flurry of emotions from your clients and your traders. Perfect. So I want to turn before we wrap up and just ask both of you and um, Callie, if you can go first, just what advice do you have for student athletes as they think about graduation and what's next? And especially right now, I think with the impact of the pandemic, internships are harder to get, entry-level jobs are harder to get. It's just gotten a lot more competitive um, in terms of being able to stand out. So what advice do you have for women student athletes that are kind of at the point you were back at Duke um, thinking about what's next? You have a network, you have your teammates, you have your coaches, your teammates have their families, their parents, their siblings. You, you know, even if you look at your parents and you say, okay, I definitely don't want to do that. Just take that information in. Sometimes eliminating the things that you don't want to do is just as important as figuring out what you do want to do. Um, you know, be curious, network, talk to people, ask them questions, ask them about what they do, eliminate things that don't really speak to you, keep a list of things that do speak to you, and then get involved, do something. Go intern, take a chance, take a risk, go shadow someone, just get involved. And that will just help you narrow your choices down to what you want to pursue. And then once you do pick something to pursue, go all in on it and give yourself at least a chance to know if you really will like it or not. And remember that nothing in life is going to be great all the time. You can still love your job and have bad days, just like you can still love your sport and have a bad practice or a bad game or a bad season. Um, so don't let the highs get too high. The lows get too low. That's something that Robbie church, my coach said to me, my freshman year. Um, and I think it's very applicable in, uh, your, your career as well. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Libby, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would say to, um, younger, college athletes that you guys definitely have all the in intangibles that you cannot teach ca candidates, but um, you can teach the fundamentals of options um, to rising talent. Um, you can't teach teamwork. You can't teach toughness. So 
don't be intimidated, but definitely like Callie said, be prepared and start exploring your careers early on. Um, take a proactive approach to meeting new people and networking. Um, I would also dive into your college network. So your current friends are going to be your clients someday and your teachers might give you your second job someday. Um, so don't overlook that aspect. And then carve out some real time to learning um, about future jobs because you know you have been playing your sport and practicing it for 10 to 15 years. So you can't expect yourself to just learn a new passion overnight. Um, and it will make your, um, next transition much easier in your life. So just to wrap up, Callie, starting with you, what's next for you? Any big goals, aspirations, big dreams? What are you focused on? I have a lot of personal health and fitness and workout goals. Uh, I think that is really important as college athletes. When you start your career, sometimes you, you might feel like you don't have time to work out and move your body. And if you don't make that time, I think it will be, uh, a very rude awakening and you'll be like, what's wrong with me? And you won't feel like yourself because you haven't processed that weight working out three hours a day, running around a field, like playing with my teammates was just part of my day. Never had to think about it. It was scheduled. Um, so that's something that I'm really passionate about. And, um, I have a, a half Ironman with my sister this June that I'm training for, um, that's sort of checking off, uh, a, a personal health and fitness goal as well as, um, you know, spending time with my family, which is really important to me. And in terms of career goals, you know, right now, I would say most of my goals are focused around helping other people on my team. Um, we're really trying to build out our team and our relevance in, in the marketplace. And we've brought over some some really talented uh, young young people um, that, you know, I'm, I'm taking on to train and work with. And that's when I think about the the things that really fill me up in, in my job, that's one of them. I love the piece about goal setting. That's one thing that translates so well for athletes, whether you're on the field or in your career, goal setting is so powerful. Libby, any last thoughts? What's next for you? Goal setting and personal branding are also huge for me. I love that process. I still do it. I actually made my career goals over the weekend. Um, the bottom line is I think that they'll help shape me to be the best and help our team also be the best. So um, I'm similarly really wanting individually and collectively for our team to get to the next level. And so I'll be very career focused um, just with this new job. Um, but the three things that I'll also be um prioritizing um one whenever international travel opens up i really want to go skiing in europe so either switzerland or france um two i think through work i'll be looped in on a new york city marathon callie and i have done one together so maybe she'll be doing it again with me and then three just giving back um to duke at duke athletes particularly the soccer team Libby and Callie, thank you for being on the Power Chat Podcast. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. We hope you've been inspired to become part of our community and join us in our mission to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. 
You can help support us by heading to our website at www.hernextplay.org to join our Booster Club as a donor or a volunteer. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Next Play to learn more about our programs and upcoming events. We'll be back soon for the next Power Chat.